What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Bridge to Bridge podcast. I'm your host, Big Mike. And I'm Dom Bay, a.k.a. Baywatch, a.k.a. Bathro Baywatch. Today, we embark on season two of the Bridge to Bridge podcast, and our first guest is a Bay legend in the making, Nico Haraga. I'm very excited for this episode one of season two. You talk about bridge to bridge. Nico is bridging the skate culture with, you know, acting culture and and the movies and and uh, Japanese culture. This is a this is an ambassador for sure of the Bay. So we're lucky to have him doing work. Yeah, this guy's a superstar. Uh, we think you're really going to enjoy the episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Nico, what's good? Yo, what's happening? What's good, buddy? How's it going? What's up, boy? <laughs> Chilling, man. Hey, this is my brother. He he's the co-host of the show. His name's Dominic. What up, yeah, Nico? What up, Dom? How you doing, player? I'm nice good. Nice meeting you too, man. I heard great stuff. We're we're excited to have you on the show. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Sorry, it's such a process. It's been busy. Hey, That's man. good. No worries, man. You know, we know, we know how it goes. We, we deal with a lot of professional CEOs. Uh, and so uh, we know the vibe. We're pumped to have you on the show. This is actually episode one of the second season. Uh, Nico Haraga, welcome to the show. You know, before we get dialed into uh, professional acting and, and kind of what you're doing outside of skateboarding, would love to learn a little bit about kind of your roots to San Francisco and, and growing up in the city. Yeah, man. Um basically lived in SF my whole life, grew up in Upper Fillmore, Lower Pack Heights area, beautiful area, blessed to be there. Was born on 3838 California. Is that, is that, was that a hospital, 3838 California, <laughs> or were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you, it could be one of those ones where it's like the folks are driving home, it goes down, right? The birth nah, is nah, nah, right nah. on the block right there. Yeah, I was, I was born right on Stanion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, 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 <laughs> I was just, nah, I was born on a hospital right at 3838, uh, right near Laurel Village. But um, yeah, man, SF native. That's why I was so stoked to do this. You know, it's like um, it's not, a lot of, not a lot of people that are doing stuff for the like trying to put on for the bay that that hard anymore um so it's like when i see it happening it's like i'm i, I guess super stoked on it you know i know i know you're pretty you're pretty tight with your folks and and family was pretty important for you growing up you know just kind of seeing the instagram post i see you got a real good relationship with your mom um does she have a big influence on your life yeah man i mean growing up i always was like you know family first family over everything that was one of those things like those movies where like like where people would be like yeah family first i, I really took that into consideration and i'd be like yeah family over everything and yeah my mom my pops yeah i both care about deeply my pops is from seattle um my mom is from rhode island and they just they met up they met at brown and just fell in love and wild cuppy i mean i mean wild um couple my pops is a uh, kind of a stricter Japanese dude. And my mom is a, like a hippie white lady and it's just a strange combo, but they just absolutely fell head, like head over heels. And I don't know, like, I, it's just, I mean, they motivate me man. they, they keep me pushing every day, you know, uh, coming up, like before I started to be like, I want to do this for me. I was always saying like, I want to do it for them first. You know, it was, it was them first before me, you know? And in a way, it still is, but it's like you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to make myself proud too at the same time. But yeah, 
How was, uh, you were saying your pops was more strict. How was that growing up? Was he, you know, very structured for you? You know, like how did he kind of, you know, confront stuff like skating? Were you into skating as a, as a young kid? Obviously that's something a little more wild outside of the, the lines of uh structure, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, I mean, he's definitely loosened up since I've been making my own money now. You know, he was worried for a second for sure. I mean, he still is, man. This is the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am kind of a wild child in some ways, but fucking, he was definitely not stoked on me skating for a while. He, he definitely thought that I would end up at a McDonald's if I kept skating. Told me throw on my board a couple times because you know I'm, I was super distracted, you know. And he wanted me to do well in school, which I appreciate. You know, he he wanted me to succeed, but definitely skateboarding for a little while was a distraction, and he saw that. But I always saw it as like my passion and someday I would be getting paid for it. And eventually I did. And he started loosening up a little bit, you know, still it's like, you know, it's rough when your kid is like a, uh, an athlete for skating and like, it's always getting hurt and stuff. You know, you, you don't always like to see that. And then, and then that's when like acting and like modeling came into play. And, and then he got stoked. Cause it's like, I'm not even putting my carcass on the line anymore. You know, he's just like chilling. Was was your mom kind of slipping you new boards on the on the down low, you know, kind of like, hey, I picked this one up at the shop. Just, you know, don't tell, you know, just like here. Nah, nah. She was always pretty mutual. She was always just kind of like because I was having boards sent to me before I was am, you know, I was I was flow for a couple companies and I'd have boards shipped into the mail. So, like, I wouldn't have to go pay for boards anymore. My mom was always just like, look, whatever you and your pops got going on, that's between you two. Don't drag me into the middle of it. And I was like, yeah, all right, fair enough. I feel you. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So that's always how it went down. But yeah, I mean, it was a process for a while. Just like growing up as the only child with a pops who is really has a vision for you, but you're kind of like the almost the problem child, if you will, but like not so much in a really bad, aggressive way, but. Uh, you know it's just a process how did you get dialed in with with ftc i know that you got a real close relationship with kent and you know you were like a ftc young young buck or young gun or whatever mm -hmm. how did that kind of help um you get excited for skateboarding that's all because of my uncle ando i call him my uncle he's not my actual uncle but i mean he damn near is but ando you know if there's anyone i've seen who like puts on for the city, it's like Ando. Ando is a huge influence on my life. For those that like don't know, Ando, he's a photographer, amazing photographer, SF Loke, Andonesia. And he, he was an FTC head, you know? And and I grew up, I started skating with um Sean Connolly at the SF Skate Club. And Ando would come come on some days and take photos with the kids, you know, and like just, you know, be be a cool mentor. And uh you know, I just kind of gravitated towards that energy. You know, he was one of the most positive, cool, down to earth people you could ever meet in your life. So I was just, I mean, given that, I'm, I was just totally levitated towards him. And him working at FTC made me start going into FTC and instead, instead of like Purple Skunk or Deluxe. Um, you know, both yeah, great Purple, skunk. purple skunk. Even yeah. I went into Purple Skunk, dude. Just, yeah, you know. Bro. Checking those new skunk. wheels and the trucks. I'm like, Sh man, shout out you know. to Lizzie. Lizzie was, I think, the purple skunk gal, right? 
Bro, I, I'm not I'm not even sure, but I remember I was in there as a Grom before I was in FTC, but just being like, damn, this skate shop is tight. And then I went into FTC and I was like, damn, this skate shop is tight, you know? But yeah, man, Purple, Purple Skunk was super dope. But basically, I started going into FTC more strictly because Ando worked there. Then I met Kent. Kent's Japanese. Kent took a liking to me because probably I'm a little Japanese skater, dude. <laughs> and like you know i was always that little obnoxious kid in there but but they would always give me like the they the used boards that people would come by and drop off you know i would skate a lot of the used boards you know yoshiaki toda would drop off his used pro boards there and i'd be so hyped to be skating his used boards like jack curtain boards um western editions like yeah, I, I grew up skating all those all those used boards. And then so then when we put out that video FTC Young Bucks, you know, at that point I was still buying my own shoes, getting decks for free from FTC. But when we put out FTC Young Bucks, that's when the people over at Curl Tap reached out, Sam Smythe, and offered me to to ride flow for like Lakai and get chocolate boards. And and I was super fucking hyped, dude. I was just I was out the roof, dude. But yeah, I mean, honestly, can Ando definitely has has a huge part of my career, no doubt. Was there a lot of pressure, like being a young guy uh, and skateboarding and being on flow, you know, and, and having to put out parts? Did you feel that pressure, or was it always just like, "Hey, I'm really enjoying myself, and 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 this comes naturally to me"? I feel that pressure a little bit more now because I don't have a lot of time to skate. So people, the public are more like, man, Nico, you fucking sell out, man. Like you, you like this actor model now. You don't even skate anymore. And it's like, man, I'm trying to, man. Like I'm fucking in these streets, like damn near every day trying to get clips. But it's like, it's, it's tough when you got these like two and a half long month jobs that you got to be good for. Um, it's, it's more tough now for sure. Back in the day though, like I was skating for fun every day. And then, and then when, when, when I got flow, I didn't feel any pressure or nothing. Um, it just kept me wanting to go harder and harder and harder in the streets, you know, like had me wanting to put on more for the companies that are like taking the time to send this shit to me to rep their company. You know, I just wanted to put on. So it motivated me more and it never really felt like a job. Uh, now, now, nowadays it feels more like, it's hard to skate for fun these days. And like when I can get out in the streets, I got to really focus and try and like be about getting my clips. But, you know, some days, you know, I will have off days and just like fuck around skating, like sketch on some cars and whatnot. And yeah, that's all like anyone. Hey, yeah. Nico, Nico, how supportive are these movie studios? I mean, if it's me, bro, and I got you on set, I'm building you like a little street set up so that in between the takes, you're you're able to kind of get out there. Or is that like it's hard to get in between the zones? Dude, no, because like people on these sets, these producers, they're throwing in thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for, for these movies, these TV shows. And they can't risk injury. I'm a liability if I'm a huge skateboarder, you know, just trying to skate every break I get. So in the contracts that I'm given, um, like they, they, they usually say, like, make sure you're not doing anything where you can injure yourself for this film for the next two and a half, three months. Like, 
you got to be because then it's a lot. Yeah, you can't be a liability. So, I mean, they're on it. I mean, they already know if they're yeah. hiring me, they already know like who they're hiring. Um, yeah. And they know what I do. So they're definitely not building me shit on the set. They're trying to keep me in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> we got to start getting you uh, um, some roles where like the character has a cast on already and you can, you know, just roll up like, Hey, I'm, I'm good to go. So let me skate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, right? So I feel like, you know, we grew up in the city as well. And when I was younger, the folks just dropped me off at Pier 7 and they picked me up, you know, later in the evening time or, or, or late afternoon time. I feel like your era of skateboarding growing up in the city was a lot different because, you know, there really wasn't like an EMB or a Pier oh. 7. There was 3rd and Army, but that was kind of in a sketchy area. So how did you like build your identity as a skateboarder in San Francisco? My, I mean, the people I just surrounded myself with, my, 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 my day ones, you know, Tafari Witter, Joel Misner, twins, Danny and Dean Casulo, Sam Chow. You know, I grew up with these heads that were on the same track as me, all from different cultures, all from different backgrounds. But um, I'll just have one vision. That was to just fucking skate, you know? And that's what we did. I mean, same thing. Like, in, instead of Pier 7, I was getting dropped off at the island. Right. Know? Or I was taking, I, dude, I used to take my box, my fucking box. <laughs> I used to take it and carry it all the way down to the one and take the put it on the one and trek all the way down to the island, set it up at the island and then just skate for like seven hours on end and like have all the homies come and skate the box, you know, like it was just, it was just everyone trying to do the same thing, you know, you, you, you build that crew and then. I mean, those those fools are just like for lifers, you know. Did you ever hit uh, Cabrillo School? That was a super popular Mike spot. I think it was on like twenty uh, fourth. Cabrillo, yeah, we skated Cabrillo. Yeah, it had that that little back area with a little bit of that like stadium seating, and then yeah. they had yeah, that was cool. The, the big stair set there. Hey, I, I know that being Japanese is, has strongly influenced you, and I know that it influenced you in, in some of your design work with Lakai. Can you, like, expand and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure, man. I, 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 guess, like, I guess, like, in a way, I always, being Japanese, gave me something to be different from those around me. I went to a kind of a real bougie private school in Marin growing up uh, for middle school. Being Japanese something it was something that, took me out of the, the the norm you know and also being a skateboarder too you know no one else skated so like i felt really prideful in those two senses skateboarding and being japanese and i also as much as much as my pops you know was tough on me growing up you know i wanted to be i wanted to put on for him you know and and his side of the family my mom was always like why don't you put on for your white side as much and i'm like so I'm fucking trying to put on for these cherry blossoms, dude. Like, like this is what I want to like flow with. So I mean, that's just that's just where I got my inspo from. Is basically my my pops and his background and 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 anything I do really, I like to just kind of incorporate any kind of you know Japanese twist on it. You know, if I'm doing design or something, if I'm doing shoes for Lakai, you know, Lakai wants to do another shoe right now, and you know, who knows, maybe I'll. And incorporate someone with like the flag or something um but it's it's always in the back of my mind you know like i'm always just there's a lot to build off of i mean the culture is just fucking ill dude you know so it's like i'm all over it 
the culture is insane. Have you been a lot? I mean, have you traveled a lot to Japan um, as a kid? And did you go there heavily kind of growing up and get those influences? Yeah, man. Yeah, I went to when I was younger, when I was real young, I went to Kyoto to visit my family. That's where my family's from. And then uh, I didn't for a while. And then actually the reason why I got to keep start visiting actually yearly was because of FTC. Kent would fly me and Ando. It was always with Ando. It was like me and Ando and then like a couple other dudes. And we'd always go. Um, we'd, we'd some some of the team we'd we'd fly out to Japan and because they they have several skate shops out there. One in Nagoya, one in Osaka, and one in Tokyo. So FTC is popping in Japan, dude, and it's super dope to see it. But um, yeah. Does uh, does Japan put on hard for the skate culture? It seems like, you know, built into a lot of their like those some of that like uh, cult culture in the U.S. And, and like throughout the world, like they love that the culture that has like, you know, the very like the skate culture, which is very identifiable, has its own unique set of kind of like customs and and all kinds of different like, you know, rituals and things like that. Is that something they go hard for the skate culture? Yeah, man. Like I, I think, I think if if fools are down with the skate culture in Japan, then they're fucking down with it. You know, like these fools. I mean, some of these fools look like they could be in the yakuza that skate. You know, tatted up bodies, fucking hardcore ass Japanese looking dudes. <laughs> it's like same shit. It's like I think it's like you know, it's kind of the rebellious thing to do out there. You know, it's like you know, you're not working that nine to five in that office job, fucking losing your shit. You know, these skateboarders are out there hustling and it's like definitely and style's a huge point out there, man. The, I mean, Japanese skateboarders are just powerful. They're super powerful. I mean, fucking Yuto just took gold for the Olympics. You know what I'm saying? Like Japan's on top right now for skating. So it's like Japan and Brazil for sure. Yeah, I feel Japan like. and Brazil for sure, man. They're just they're they're killing it, you know, like they're they're coming out the woodworks, right? And like people are like, oh fuck, like Jesus, it's not just LA and SF and New York who's got the heavy hitters, right? It's like shit's all around. When you when you go to visit, do you have a pretty big following in Japan where they're like you're getting stopped in the street? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I do. It's 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 crazy. It's it's nuts. That definitely they, they treat me like royalty out there, bro. And it's like, it's like, damn, like to see that and see like some of the effort that I've put in, like trying to put on for Japan and stuff. And, you know, it goes, it doesn't go unseen out there, you know, and I, and I appreciate it. That's why when, when I, when people come up to me in the Bay and they're like, yo, you're putting on for the Bay, like no one else is doing it. Like, like I get that. That's the shit that fucking keeps me pushing, dude. You know, it's, it's feedback like that, you know, it's, um, I mean, given the, the fans that come up and are like, I love your movie. I, I love that one shoot you did. I, you know, you're skating is great. I'm, I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you. But also it's like the, the ones that stick out to me, like are the ones that are like, yo, you're putting on for our culture. Like appreciate it. Yeah. That's, that's huge. So you, you mentioned, all right, so, so you're skating you're you're starting to get your first, you know, sponsorships, et cetera. When does the transition or when do you get introduced to that world of acting, modeling, that whole thing? When does that mm-hmm. come about? So I've been modeling for for a, a while. I, I started getting jobs for modeling when I was say f- 
15 and just little stuff here and there. And then they eventually got more serious. Um, and it was just, that was that at that point I was like an alternative source of income started getting paid from skating when I was 16. And uh, I mean, I was stoked, you know, I was, I was, I was super juiced, but you can't go your whole life just getting paid sk- through skating and like a modeling job, like, like once, once every while, you know, yeah. um, Tough. but I wasn't thinking too much of it. You know, I was just going day to day. I was still in high school, right? so I wasn't tripping, but I ended up fucking up my ankle. I remember pretty crucial, dude. I fucked it up pretty bad Tore the ligament doctor told me it was just spraining to be better in like a week. And, and then it turned out to be like a year and a half, two years. And I was just like, Oh fuck yourself, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck you. And basically from there, I was like, you know, I'm, I was still getting paid monthly from skating, but it's like, I'm not putting in the work. You know, I feel like shit, dude, I'm getting paid for not even fucking putting on, you know, like this doesn't feel right. Like I'm not earning my dues. And like, I, I, I was like, so, so what, so what do I do, man? Like, and you know, modeling, so, you know, on and off and my cousins, I remember, I remember my cousins were telling me like, yeah, you should be an actor. Like you're always good at imitating like the family and stuff and being like an annoying little prick, like fucking you try acting. And I was like, I remember them saying that. I was like, you know, fuck, let's try it out, man. I tried it out and I booked this job. Um, I, oh, I got a manager, which I was super hyped on. It's my, it's my boy. And I, it was just me and him for a while before I got assigned with WME. But uh, I booked this job and flew to New York for it. And it was a small movie called Skate Kitchen. And it was dope. That was my first job. And it was, uh, it was sick. It was a good time. And then my second one ever was fucking Booksmart. And then Booksmart just like blew it out the fucking kitchen. And, you know, that shit went viral, right? Like, that was a popping ass movie. It still is. And I was like, wow, this is dope. Like, I don't know what it is, like beginner's luck or whatever, but it was like, that was in like one of my first like six auditions I'd ever done was Booksmart and Skate Kitchen. So even my manager was like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you know, let's, let's keep doing it, man. Like, geez, we're getting, we're doing it. And I was like, all right, hell yeah. And so we just stuck to it, you know, given throughout the whole process, I'm going to physical therapy every fucking, every other day, working the shit out of my ankle, you know. I had surgery on it and got, got like, got like a big ass rod going up my ankle and like, but, um, in the process, you know, you know, I'm, I'm still working, you know, it's, it's a whole hustle. So, but it's, it's all good now. And it's like, or it's like 87% better. And, you know, I get to skate on, you know, when I can and shit, but I'm still, it's just another thing added to the roster is acting. Is the rush that you get when you land a sick ass trick? And the rush that you get when you see yourself on screen, a, a similar rush, or is it completely different? Damn, I never thought about that. Like, obviously, you know, when I do my no slide, shove it out, I'm so happy, dude, even though it's the only trick in my bag of tricks. And I feel like in my old age, I, I'm so much more excited about doing it because I understand, like, you know, I'm 6'7", 240, I shouldn't be doing this type of stuff. But I, I have to imagine that rush when you see yourself on the Netflix series is pretty crazy. You know, it is different. It's different in a way of like seeing myself, seeing myself on, on, on TV, on the big screen. It's like a jittery feeling. It's like a feeling of, I, I think in the back of my head, I'm like, 
fuck, I can't wait for my pops to see this, you know? Like, he's going to be so stoked. Like, can't wait, like, for my, my grandma to see this. Like, it's like that feeling. Whereas it's like, when I landed trick skating, that's all for me. And I'm like, can't wait for the fucking, like, skate homies to see this clip. Like, can't wait for the, for the fucking thrasher to see this. Like, because, dude, I'm like, I'm fucking hucking my carcass for this trick and I land it. And it's like, man, the weight is over. Like, let's go. The drought is over. Like, let's turn up. Whereas on screen, it's like, yeah, I, I hustled for two months filming that movie. And the whole time, every time I pop on screen, I'm just kind of like, kind of just jittery, you know? Whereas skateboarding, landing that trick, you've been working for for an hour two hours a week a fucking month that feeling is like orgasmic bro it's insane <laughs> you know yeah dude well different different you know for sure like like sticking a skate trick like you said i mean number one you're happy to not get not be busted up especially if it's somewhere you're like jumping a rail or or something like that you know, obviously the, we've had some, um, actors on here before we had, uh, recently Jacqueline Taboni, uh, from the L word. And she, we were talking about the process about how, you know, especially on film, like you're skating, you're sticking a trick. It's not like you're filming. I mean, I'm sure you film little parts of it, but versus the acting process, you're doing like one exchange and then another exchange. And then you're breaking down little pieces of that and doing angles and all that stuff. So totally different creative process for sure. Yeah, I mean, like acting too, it's like, you know, it's like 12 takes and then they're like, okay, we got it. Skating is like, there's no limit on that shit. I don't know how long I'm going to go for trying to trick. That's all on me. That's all on my body, you know? But with acting, there is an end point. There's a given time where we move on to the next take. Skating, you never fucking know. And that's just like, that's just like the beauty of it. Hey, I was one of the one of the one of your projects, North Hollywood. Um, obviously, a, a strong cast in that with some heavy hitters, including Vince Vaughn. What was that like working on that project for you, and 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 get in the mix with that? I mean, dude, that was a blessing. That was it. Didn't feel like. I mean that 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 movie had a great turnout, but initially it started off just making short films with my buddy Mikey, and he wanted to make a movie, and I was like, okay, fuck yeah, count me in, bro, and he like casted he casted the whole movie him and carmen cuba and uh i mean it was a it was an incredible process and I, it was i had worked on sets already before that and done movies and that was definitely one of the more comfortable feeling ones i had done mainly because it was with my brothers you know my brothers and sisters just people that i'd been known so it didn't even feel like work almost but you know, when, when it was our call time, you know, we were focused and we, and we didn't take shit light and we fucking were there to like make a movie. Um, but it was, a, it was great working on that movie, man. It was about, I want to say like a month and a half, two months of filming for it. And it was a hustle, man. Mikey's a hard ass, hard, hard ass director. You know, he's, he's good at what he does. That was his debut, you know, and, and he killed it. And I think everyone was super stoked on the turnout and uh, definitely, definitely was blessed to be a part of that one for sure. 
Hey, how do you find time between skateboarding and acting to like get your alone time, your your Nico time, like to 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 relax and and to step away from all of that stuff? Uh, if I'm on the road, I'll just book a hotel room. Yeah, I'll book a hotel room and I'll post up. I'll post up there for whenever I feel like I need to just isolate for a sec. Um, if I'm not, uh, and I got like a break, I'll just go home and see the family. You know, yeah. I'll go to my childhood bedroom and just like, you know, mom will cook me up like some eggs in the morning and I'll be like, fucking hey, like, why did I ever, why am I even on the road in the first place? Like, you know, like, I mean, just going, going, honestly, going back to my roots is like the biggest part of it. Um, yeah, going back and visiting my roots and going to like <clears throat> the same old spots I went up, I went to growing up. Um, go like eat breakfast at Beanbag Cafe or some shit. Like, you know, there's, yeah, just, just the nostalgic feeling of going back to SF is how I kind of like give off steam. You get that fog that has that SF air. You know, you can only find that in SF. That's it. Dude, going to bed and waking up to the foghorn, it's like one of the best fucking things ever. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You know, Nick, I, I read somewhere that you, you have like a pretty uh, strong distaste for fashion. And I noticed like when you skate, you, you, you just, you got your own, uh, you got your own style and, and your mm -hmm. own sense of fashion. Can you, can you expand a little on that? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I have like a distaste towards it. You know, I, I I got homies that are fucking fashionistas out there that are killing it. That I absolutely got so much love for. Um, I I always I never really thought of. Uh, I mean, because I, I do take my my style pretty seriously. But there are some days where I wake up and I just fucking throw on some shit and I just look like a bum, and then I go out and skate and like my my. My buddy Koda, I remember, was like, "Bro, you dress like a fucking bum sometimes, like, but 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 you doing it, like you getting jobs and shit." And I was like, "Shit, I mean, fuck it, dude." But like, I um, I definitely think when I'm out skating, you know, I never even wear a shirt. Um, you know, someone I focus on are pants. You know, I like I like feeling good in my pants. If I don't feel good in my pants, then it's gonna be a bad session. You know who did not feel comfortable in his pants was the OG skater Ed Templeton. That dude had no breathing room in the pantalones. Right. I, don't know, I don't know how he skated in those. I mean, he couldn't even bend his knees. That's how tight his pants were. Those things are tight, man. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I got to have, have some baggies or some dickies or some flooded joints, you know, like. Last time I saw Nico skate, he was wearing a cheetah print fleece sweats. Yeah, bro. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, I gotta be in my element, you know. And I'm guarantee I wasn't wearing a shirt, you know. Nah, and it's yeah. like, but, but if I'm if I'm popping out on the town or something with my crew or something, then I'm gonna put on a fit and be yeah. like, let's match up. Like, come on, let's look nice. Like, I'm gonna throw fuck it. I'm gonna throw in some cologne and not smell like a sweaty skater. Right. Like, are you wearing? Where, are you wearing your sponsored, like, are you wearing Lakai when you go out or do you have like, uh, you know, some yeah, kind I of got, yeah, yeah, I got to wear Lakai. Yeah. But I'll wear like some fresh ones, not the ones that I skated in, you know, so I'll wear some ones that I got cooped up in the uh, closet. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's like, you know, in order to step out of the norm, the boundaries, 
you got to take on new companies and new projects. I mean, I remember Nike was, you would be banished for wearing Nike if you showed up to skate. I mean, destroyed. And, you know, now um, it's a popular shoe for a lot of skaters. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's wild, man. I, I remember growing up and getting fucking clowned on by some of my best friends for wearing, like, pink T-shirt and yellow shorts, you know? No, those colors don't match. And that's a wild color combination, you know? But, like, <laughs> I was still rocking with it. I remember, yeah, I remember my buddies, like, almost made me cry at one point because of how hard they were going in on me. Like, I had older heads, too. I had OGs that were coming up to me being like, Man, what the fuck are you wearing? And now, like, to this day, I, like, I still have, like, I have, I'll have some OGs. I remember recently, I won't even name them, but it's, like, I had one, I had one come up and, like, was shitting on, on, on my fit. And I looked at the fool and I was just, like, yeah, my man, I'm shitting on your career. Like, I'm <laughs> shitting on you. Like, I'm shitting on you. Like, sit down, man. Sit down. Like, don't even talk to me. And, like, the, I mean, that just goes to show, like, you know, just be yourself, you know. Just just be your fucking self. Just just do you. Who gives a fuck? It's like you're gonna get hated on either way. I always say this, but if you're not getting hated on, then shit, you must be doing something wrong, man. Like you gotta have these haters out here to fucking keep you grounded. Do you do you draw a lot from so uh my wife Candy, she does a lot of stuff out in Japan and you know, they got such a crazy thing going on with the fashion game and, and are always a step ahead of everyone else. Do you draw from kind of the Japanese fashion scene for inspiration at all? Pants wise, I always keep an eye out for Japanese pants. Cause if you notice the the, the cuts of Jap the, like Japanese dudes are always the sickest denim, dude. Like like corduroy denim jeans flooded at the pants that are like light blue. It's like oh, dude, they're it's so sick. You know, and so if there's something I'm looking out for. It's usually some vintage, like Studio Ghibli fucking Hayao Miyazaki vintage T-shirt, mm-hmm. or an ex- incredibly expensive pair of Japanese denim. Yeah, that's dope, dude. <laughs> well, look, Nico. I think we could probably talk to you all day. Before we let you go, uh, we do a, a lightning round where we ask Bay specific trivial questions. Uh, and if you get all the questions right, you get, uh, we've got like a, a wrestling belt and it's the bridge to bridge championship belt. Do you have it on you, Mike? Yeah. Why don't you, you gotta, you gotta put this, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a dope belt, bro. It's, it's, uh, it's gold with a little laser engraving and it's got the bridge on it. So it's, a it's got some firepower. It's a worthy, worthy belt that is, you know, we're going to, we're going to start getting like, uh, we got to start getting it to where if you wear the belt in a certain spot, you just get hooked up, you know? So this is the belt. We'll oh, have to. No. <laughs> sick, dude. That is badass. So, so we got three or four rounds of questions. It should be pretty quick. Um, Damn, man. Damn. These better be some easy questions, man. I got to, or else I'm going to have to call in some heads, man. I got to call in Ando. Hey, well, hey. I, I got to tell you, they are not easy, bro. They're, they're extremely oh. difficult. So don't. Christ. We have the is rare to win the belt, but let's let's give it a try. So for the first one, in a rare 
uh, occurrence to kick off season two. We're going to allow Mike drop the first one since his heart is so heavily connected to skating. This is a skate question out of, out of the gate. This is round one. Hey, yeah, you should uh, be able to get this, bro. Okay, so. No pressure. Before, yeah, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> before FTC moved, what street was their store on? Oh, it was, it was um, down in um, Hayes, Hayes Valley, right? It was in Hayes Valley, dude, but what street was it on? Oh, fucking what street? It was on Hayes Valley. It was right near the old Huff store, dude. Oh, God. It, it starts with an S, bro. It starts with an S. Starts with it, it starts with an S, and it sounds like a skate term, shredder. Um, oh, it's on shredder. Yeah, okay. Boom. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I told oh, Mike, really? you know. That's a tough. That's that's tough, dude. Nah, nah. I got you. I got you. I got you. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's season two, man. We're starting with love. We're giving mad love. You know what I mean? Yo, so thank God, thank God, yeah. I got one right, dude. I was about to say, like, <laughs> bro, you guys caught me out of left field with this one. I was like, oh fuck, are you serious, dude? Like, <laughs> this will be. I'm, good, the, dude. I'm, on, I'm like over here putting on for the bay this whole podcast that I don't get a single one right, especially about FTC. That'd have been bad, right? Yeah. Right. So, so, so if first, okay, we're entering now second round. This is like, you know, this is going to get tougher here. So now this, this in the, in the opinion of the brothers, uh, the greatest taqueria in San Francisco for us lies in the outer Richmond. Now we're not saying that's everyone's greatest taqueria, but we have, well, let me, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you, hold on before you, before you guess it's in the outer Richmond. And so Think, think, think further. 30th Avenue and beyond. Think thir- further west. It is the dopest taqueria. We believe We believe that it uh, is superior to Gordo's. Um, it, I'll give not, you a hint. 34th and Balboa. It's next to the Simple Pleasures Cafe um, right there. It's, it's, a, it's a go-to outer Richmond uh, um, taqueria. Dude, I, don't, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever been. We should give him Gordo's just because the owners of the old spot were from Gordo. So technically, yeah. I mean, hey, hey, y'all, y'all need to pity me, man. It's all good. I mean, if I got that one wrong, I because honestly, I don't, I actually don't think I've been to a taqueria on thirty four. I, I, I told him, I told him you were from the Richmond. I thought you were from the Richmond. So the, yeah, the that, answer that's... is Chino's. It's Chino's taqueria. But no. I'm telling you, look, season, season two. There's so much love in season two. And the and the questions get so hard that we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep this rolling. All right. Done deal. Okay. Chinos, so, I need to check that out though, dude. For real. Oh yeah, Chinos, dude. Is um, I'll just say, I mean, we're so bad with Chinos that when we walk in, they know our birthday. One time, I went to Chinos and it was my birthday, and they put a handle of Christian Brothers brandy on the table and they're like, happy birthday, man. And I'm like, dude, how'd you guys know it was the B-Day? And I was wow. like, it's like, come on, man. You guys are like family. I was hey, like, hey, this fool one year for hey, this fool one year for his birthday did a burrito birthday party where we bought a bunch of burritos and cut them in half and all the guests came to the house and everyone got a burrito. Yeah. That is fucking beast. See, I'm out here in New York, bro. I cannot get a good burrito anywhere. Oh yeah, anywhere, bro. All right. Well, this next question is near impossible. So I mean, it's it's very tough. But this next question is: name every Muni bus line that runs east to west in the Richmond. And this is tough because, as Mike said, we thought you were from the Richmond. 
And so, yeah, so, no, I was, and I was barely out in the Richmond growing up. Um, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll turn this one. You named one bus, you okay. named one bus. And if you can name one other right. bus in the Richmond, if you can name one other bus that runs east to west or north to south in the Richmond, we're going to let you through this <laughs> round. Um, so I got the one, um, and then not the 24. 24 is the Visadero. Not yeah, the 24. Yeah. That's cool. No, not the 24. I was going to say, uh, no, not, take, wait, take, I was going to say, not 43. No, that's my son. No, that's, no not, not 43. Think about maybe, you know, how you got to Cabrillo School or think about how you got to the beach. Um, getting Gary, through the Richmond. Gary Street, Fulton Street. Yeah. He's not ready, man. Oh, 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 dog. Um, the five? The five. Wow. And that's an OG oh. bus line right there. Let's go, bro. Yes. Cause I remember I'd always pull up the 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 flat spot, six and fold. Six and fold. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Okay. Always take the five. Take the forty three to the five. Okay. So so we've as a as a family, we've we've gotten through to this final question and, and this is gonna be a tough one because as Mike points out, I'm old and I ask movie questions from way back. Um and so this is going to be tough, but there was a character who went by the name of Nico in a movie called Above the Law. Now, the actor in this movie, Above the Law, was also in a movie called Under Siege. You don't know this. Bro. And, and this is an OG martial artist who was in Under Siege and Above the Law. And in this movie, Above the Law, he played a cop called Nico. You fucking lost me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hold on to that belt, man, for the next one that comes on the show, man. <laughs> this one, this one, I'm not getting this one. This this one, hey, look, just, again, actor, martial artist um, in uh, in Under Siege and Above the Law, OG uh, actor. And in Is this, this movie, actor still alive? Yes, he's still alive. I was about to, I was about to come out here with Bruce Lee in a heartbeat. Uh, um, I, I have a guess, Dom. You're gonna guess on on behalf of your homie. I mean, yeah. Let, 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 let me tag you. In. Let me tag you in, Mike. We're we're breaking all the rules here, but for for season two, it's all love. So is, is let, it, me, let it, me tag you in, Mike. Let me tag is it, you. In. Is it Chuck Norris? Nah, Chuck Norris. Nope. No. Damn, I don't know, bro. What's the answer, dog? Steven Seagal. Oh, oh yeah, your no, boy no. Steven Seagal. Yeah, it's it's. Again, this movie came out when, like you said, when the folks were rolling, riding dirty through the city, that's when this came out about. But, hey, when you're, I know, I know next time Mike's skating, he'll still bring the belt. And this is season two. So we're going to get hey. you some, some time with the belt to kick it, marinate. Done Nico, deal, dude. Thank you so much for agreeing to do no, this. We, we appreciate course. it. And we want to put you on. I know you have such a dope background and, and being from the city. You know, there's a few skaters I was talking to about coming on the show, but just I think you've got such an interesting background in that you're an actor and you're a skateboarder, and me and Dom are, are really grateful for your time. Oh, I appreciate it, man. For real, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate you guys doing this. No one really out there doing it like you guys. So, yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you.